1: Two months ago, just talking about football seemed far-fetched, nobody was talking about new faces or destinations and most people, me included, were starting to crave a haircut and a trip to the drive-through, way more than football. Alas, as another two weeks passes by, government and FA guidelines means that training can commence and what's more, there's even a little light at the end of the tunnel, with eyes on fans being allowed back through the turnstiles. As time moves on with an actual target to aim for now, Graham Coughlin continues to build his squad for the next campaign, adding commanding defender Ferren Rawson to the ranks on a two year deal.
2: I spoke to the manager, I think that's the most important thing, and uh, he told me the aspirations for the club, the, the goals he has for the club, and where he wants to take them, and that kind of met my goals. He also spoke a lot about where, where he thinks I can go with Mansfield and stuff, and it really excited me. So. It's a new challenge for me and, and, and I wanted to get some excitement and get that fire back in the belly and after speaking to the manager, he, he gave me that.
1: Tonight on the Mansfield Matters podcast, we'll hear more from the new edition and talk about his arrival. Plus, talk will no doubt turn to being allowed back into stadiums and much more in between. Come and have your say in the live feed, comments in the show for the fans, by the fans. This is Mansfield Matters, the warm-up where at least one of us has had a haircut. Woo! And I'm very, very, very pleased to say that the person who's had a haircut is none other than... Yours truly! Hello, everyone! hope you're okay. I hope you've uh, had a great two weeks since you last saw us. As I said in the intro, government guidelines and FA guidelines are changing. There seems to be this thing in the air about football slowly, slowly, slowly coming back and that's the one thing we needed. Two weeks have passed since we were last here as I say and since then we've added one new face in Ferrum Rawson. We'll be talking about that uh, uh, signing this evening and of course we'll be talking about potential outgoings, potential incomings, that little start date and much, much, much more in between, as always, this is the show for you to have your say on your team. It's the show for the fans by the fans. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast. If you're watching at the live feed, please do get involved in the comments right down below. And remember that all views uh, in this show are solely those of the individual. It's not just me that you'll be looking at for the next 50 minutes or so. I can now, um, by the power of uh, virtual editing, um, say hello. To my two friends, all right, one friend and the other bloke, it's Nathan Edge and Cam Felton. Good evening. Wave to the cameras. How are we doing, gents? Are we well? Good evening, gentlemen. Yeah, all good. Jolly, jolly well, good. How is life treating you? Cam, I can see, you know, you, you're still obviously at home, not, not packed your bags yet. No, um, a month, month and a half-ish. Month and a half, uh, itch. So. and Nathan, uh, I'm very disappointed because um, I thought you'd be in the hot tub tonight. What, what, what's happened?
3: What's, what's gone wrong? I thought I'd, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't think everyone deserved to be treated that much just yet. I thought I'd save that for <laughs> our promotional, our promotion party at the end of the season.
1: Fair enough. I look, I look forward to it because that also means that you know, with Cam not being here at the end of the season, he'll be at uni. It means it's just me and you. So, you know. I <laughs> uh, no not that not quite
3: yeah true not quite because so by then, I'd like to be able to replace him as well. So. Yeah, that's well, also a good point. Goodness.
1: If you if you want to replace Cam, let us know. Drop us a DM or drop us an email, and we're more than happy uh, are to are open. It's not, it's not very difficult to replace, so... Exactly. All you've uh, got to do is be able to talk. So, there you go. Uh, I don't know where to start this week, gents, to be honest. I, I think we'll start off by uh, going to a few of the comments. I've got the phone uh, here uh, to check your comments on the live feed. As I say, um, you know, please do um, get in involved, as always, by saying hello. Clive says, good evening, Mansfield Matters team. Pleased to see the, see the Marge Simpson hairstyle has gone, Craig. Do you know what? I am absolutely pleased as well. I mean, I've not gone as short as Nathan, who looks like he's had a fight with a lawnmower and lost. Um, is there actually any hair there, Nathan, or have you gone for the full bald look?
3: No, I <laughs> have. Yeah, it's just um, the problem is in the sun that my hair goes brighter anyway, so that's not how. But it was an accident this time as well. We, we bought some cheers myself uh well, to use at home obviously why uh, barbers are open I on number two thinking it was grade two but i think it must have meant like two millimeters and obviously i did one one stripe and realized that okay i've got to go all in now uh, and i was basically bald <laughs> but uh, i mean
1: i don't know why you've done that now that you know barbers are open i have to say uh, and i'm not being sponsored by these but a massive shout out to uh, the lovely people at Barnetts in mansfield town center who despite, you know, falling on the floor in shock at seeing how long my hair was when I arrived for my haircut last Wednesday, I've done a tremendous job on sorting this horrible haircut out. I can re- What do you mean, de- debatable? You can't even see it. <laughs> Carry on. Uh, on you, let's let's know, get on with the show. Do you know what? It's a good job that we've not done this show together tonight, just to let the listeners and, and viewers into a little bit of a secret. We're debating throughout the whole day whether we'd scrap this whole virtual thing and have sort of like a socially distanced bubble on one of our back gardens and it sort of started raining and you can't put cameras and mixing desks and everything out in the rain. So, And I think me and Nathan also had a private chat and said we don't actually want to spend time with camp. No, we thought we'd delay it a bit longer. <laughs> oh, thanks! I choked on my bottle of Coke. <laughs> uh, love right, me, let I me go back too. We love you. you, to, we, we, love love you to, we love you really. Let's go back to the the comments. Uh, even as I say to Clive, uh, Martin says, "Hi, gang. If media is right, there seems to be possibly four players uh, on their way." Um, Uh, Pedro says Nathan you've got to commit with the grade two son Uh, and Jamie asks any news on Maynard still no news on Maynard my inkling would be that we'll start to see a lot more movement over the next uh, week or so because I think that's the apt place to start Nathan Edge you know the FA guidelines uh, have now changed again as the the government ones you know you can now have training up to a group of uh, 30 people in professional sport and uh, uh, which of course includes coaches which Ticks the box nicely for, for Mansfield's group. You imagine with the coaching staff, it'll probably be a group of around uh, 25 uh, to 28, depending on who leads what session and where. Um, which would suggest to me, um, slowly but surely, that pre-season preparations might ramp up. And I was at the RH Academy... Uh, On Monday, presenting an award to Ryan Sweeney, who won uh, the PFA's Community Champion Award. Congratulations to him. And it certainly looks, judging by just looking around the training ground, that the stepping up preparations um, to allow players uh, to come back, which... Whatever that may be, you know, that could be next week, it could be tomorrow, it could be next month, but the fact that it's starting to snowball and with all these new guidelines, Nate, that has to be a positive thing, doesn't it? Because it means that we're taking another step in the right direction.
3: Yeah, it's a positive sign, isn't it? Um, You know, it's it's a little bit of returning to a bit more normalities. It's it's very weird to think that it kind of feels like now we're at that stage where we're approaching pre-season, which is weird when you think that, there's still leagues playing at the moment. You've know, obviously still got um, the Championship that finishes uh, finishes tomorrow. We're, we've got Premier League in a couple of weeks, Champions League still to finish, and obviously non-league playoffs still happening. So um, it's, there's still obviously uh, a lot to be decided on when the uh, league will return. But at least for for, for us, it's, uh, there's, there's plans, well, decisions being made, which means plans can start being put into place. So, you know, we were saying last well on our last podcast and the one before that that it's very very hard to plan when you haven't got any decisions made about when when things can can start happening and how whereas now we are actually getting some movement uh with with decisions and that's the most important thing so that means we can move forward, and that's what we're seeing from ourselves and from other clubs in the league.
1: Do you think it's going to uh, sort of maybe kick up in the next week or so, Cam, you know, given what Nathan said there, those new guidelines have, have really changed the ballpark, really, for football clubs? You know, we've seen a lot of clubs already announce pre-season friendlies, albeit behind closed doors, but it seems like a lot of clubs at all levels are now starting to step up their preparations.
4: Well, yeah, and you look at, um like preparing for preseason for teams that have got a small squad or a, a very injury hit squad now is the time to start preparing because obviously it's like uh what's the point in just waiting and hanging on and hanging on and hanging on until you have a definitive start date when you're already allowed to do fitness and you're already allowed to do training games and you're already allowed to have friendlies albeit with no officials but you're allowed to have friendlies so, yeah, it's allowed it makes, as long as I think it now as, makes sense. Am I right
1: in saying it's as long as it's officiated by a representative from the club? Um, yes, that it can county, go ahead. Like, I think, yeah, Notts County have had a couple of friendlies, haven't they, in their preparations for the playoffs, etc.? So,
4: yeah, I think County managed to play Dorkin uh, and lost. <laughs>
1: I'm not laughing, um, you are
4: count. County also played Boston and Drew, so that doesn't bode for, well for them, but. Then again, it's also prep time, and it's it's also good helping out the the smaller teams because obviously Dorking and Boston both competing in the playoffs uh, in the national North and South, I think it is. Um, So they've got games to prepare for as well. So it's great. It's great that teams are helping out each other, uh, even in even if you can't have officials. Um, But it it gives you it, it just gives you a bit more sense of normality. It's starting to get back to the way things were. And yes, we haven't got a start date for the season. Uh, Yes, we haven't got a definitive start for when bands can come back, but we are now with a blueprint in place. We've got um, a rough guide to follow. And as long as people behave and uh, as long as people stick to the social distancing and, and and not be COVID idiots, then There's no reason that we can't stick to this uh, timeline that the the government has spent time preparing.
1: And, of course, that that timeline, I think I'm right in saying, Cam, um, would be late September or early October time?
4: Uh, Yes, so
1: that would be for fans to return, although the league could start earlier. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, though, Nathan, if you're looking at that, that time frame, obviously we don't know um, the full details on that. I know they're doing a few trials in other sports. I think they're doing it with Snooker, aren't they, about getting crowds back in and, and things like that. Um, we don't know what number that will be limited to. It might be something which is limited to, say, a 1,000 or just home fans only to to stop people travelling, that sort of thing. I'm sure there'll be stipulations surrounding it. But if you're the clubs who are you know in, in these meetings, as, as clubs uh, usually are, would you be if you were a club Nath, would you be voting to start in um october when fans can go back in therefore you gain the extra revenue or would you just be wanting to kick start as soon as possible um
3: i think personally i i, I think i don't think they will start without fans being present and and this is where you i think we have got to consider different teams that are in the league you know we we're lucky that we've got you know Raffin in charge who's... You know he's got money and and we are able to to function for obviously not indefinitely but for for so long without without the income through the turnstiles but there's a lot of clubs in our league and even league one that are absolutely relying on that sort of money and so i don't think um i i, I know I, I can't see it being possible to start the start the league without Fans being able to come in. I just don't. I don't think there would be too many teams that wouldn't be able to do it. And I think that's going to be an issue going forward. I know we've just been speaking about how positive, you know, positive movements with decisions being made and other people coming back to pre-season. But you've still got the issue where there's a knock-on effect from lost gates from from last season, well, the end of last season. Um, you know, some clubs are going to be very reluctant to either one sign play, so You've got some teams that have still got less than ten. 10 players on the books. Uh, so they're probably still in furlough. They're not going to want to bring them back, start training. So obviously you've got to start paying them. And especially they're not going to do that if they, if there's a, a chance that they're not going to be able to have crowds. So I think that's going to be a quite a big deciding factor of actually what happens. Because I think then there'll be a big... Not an effect of sort of who can do do what really. What about you, Cam, On the back
1: of that, would you be voting to start ASAP just to get football back, like you know the Championship and the Premier League did, or would you be looking, like Nathan said, to uh, looking at the impact of the finances, the crowds coming in, etc.? Uh, can I sit on on the fence and say both? <laughs> I knew you'd have splinters. I knew you'd go because for splinters.
3: I'd want it back. Uh, as, a, as a fan, yeah. I'd want it back anyway, but. Uh, I just think practically, I don't think
4: it will happen. As a financially (laughs) viable option for a lot of clubs, it is not going to be practical or physically feasible to wait until fans to return because clubs are going to go under. It's a simple fact. Clubs will, will suffer at the end of this. So actually being able to return to football will give them some form of revenue through the media. Fans will still, even if it's literally just pre-season friendlies and the checker whatever leasing.com that trophy even if it's just them get some football in fans are gonna might pay offer a reduced i follow service fiverr for the game it's not a massive thing but it starts getting the ball rolling it starts getting fans wanting to come back and then as soon as fans can come back that's when you start the season properly and then you can actually obviously like get people in
3: the question is with that though, is is there's two two issues. So obviously, you say that clubs will go under. Well, you've got to weigh up, even if you do sell a you know your eye follow at five. Well, I mean, it's basically it's a five anyway. It's four fifty. So um, obviously, you could do it per per match hopefully, if they put that in place. But you've got the you, you're then bringing players back off furlough. Uh, obviously, that's going to end at some point anyway. But you've got that. If you if you want a full squad, you've got obviously a lot of players to bring in. When you look at some of the Numbers involved with teams, but the biggest question mark for me is whether they've still got to do testing. So we know how expensive that is, Um, and I think I remember reading an article the other day about how certain clubs have said that they're going to go on strike if um, testing is required because they they just physically could not afford to do that to do all the testing and bring back players, you know, have a full squad and full coaching staff and everybody to pay if there's no money coming in because you know merchandise and um, you know, sales through I follows, not going to come anywhere close to it, basically. Uh, so, there's a good point.
1: Go on, go on, Cam. Sorry, go on. Well, oh, oh,
4: fortunately, for, for a club like us and other clubs in the area, such as your Chesterfields, your Alfred and even pushing it towards Lincoln and, and that sort of way, but uh, the, the cases in general, they're not very high, it's not a high risk area. We're one of the lowest risk areas, we're not going to go. Unless something goes drastically wrong and thousands of people come from other places and start infecting people from around here, we're not going to end up in another lockdown. So testing is not going to be as much as a priority for us.
1: It's funny you say that because I think that then plays an issue on on the whole crowd situation because no matter where you are, let's let's say, for example, um, the championship, an average away following... Of a team down south going to a team up north, that's a lot of people travelling, even for you know the small amount of time. So I think there'll be, I really do think there'll be restrictions in place over um, crowds travelling,
3: aka well, um, that away fans won't be permitted. Take, take fans out of the equation. I mean, you you, you say, it, it, but it's, the cost of at the moment is the problem is the cost of it is to test the players and staff. Now you say that we're not. Obviously, in a bad situation, but we're still got to play all these other teams, and you can't have one rule where one county's got to do the testing and and, and the other one hasn't because they're still playing each other. So yeah, if, they, if if they're going to do testing, they've got to do it for the whole league across the and board. Yeah, that's where the issue will probably come. Uh, that's, so I, I think if they say you've got a test, I, I don't, I just can't see it happening. because there's going to be too many clubs that just simply can't afford to do that week in week out. We we possibly could, but. That'd even be a massive ask for for us, and we're very well financially backed. So, I I I think like if it's going to return, they're going to have to say it's going to have to be when they're comfortable and say that they don't need to test the play, players and staff.
1: Yeah, I think any anything where the FA implement you know testing players and staff on a on a weekly basis without them covering the cost of doing it is just out of the question to ask of yeah. clubs that even some clubs at championship level, to be fair, I think it, it's like, like you say, it's a lot of money. I think it'll be more, uh, there'll be more guidelines surrounding how it's measured and how you monitor it, AKA taking your temperature upon arrival and, um, you know, monitoring, um, having the the so-called COVID-19 officers appointed uh, and that sort of thing. Get involved with the debate if you want to do so uh, in the comments below. A few of you have done so, uh, so far. Uh, Jamie says, fair point on the fans needing to be there. I don't think that the season will start until late September. Uh, Clive asks, where does the small club get the funds equivalent to gate money? Uh, Again, it's another good question, isn't it? Because um, if a lot of clubs at our level will, you know, we'll rely on gate receipts and even lower level, to be fair, we'll rely on gate receipts to to be bringing players in, to be playing paying those wages. Without the players there, you know, they can't fulfill a team that's going to lead to fines and things like that. There has to be a happy medium somewhere um, between bringing the fans back in safely, whether that's capped to 1,000 or 2,000, not having away fans. Personally, as much as I, you know, love my 100% record for the past god knows how many seasons, I wouldn't be too upset if the laws or the regulations came in and said, right, football's going to come back, crowds permitted, but for uh, this period of time until we can be really sure on a national front uh, about the level of uh, COVID-19 as a whole, there will be no away fans permitted Due to you know containing the spread and being within your area because it then reduces the amount of people travelling from your area and then just being able to watch it on iFollow or listen to commentary, etc. That wouldn't be too much a bad thing. That would be a bit of a uh, a happy medium for me. I'm sure we'll come back to that debate uh, as uh, the evening goes on. Keep your comments uh, coming in on the live feed. Uh, if you listen to the audio version of this, then come and get involved every two weeks unless something drastic changes. In between. Uh, On a Tuesday evening, come and join us, uh, probably around 7 o'clock...
4: Ish. Ish.
1: Ish. Uh, Keep getting involved, as I say. Jamie asks, how many players do you think will be on the books for the coming season? 20 plus? Well, at the moment, if you look at the numbers which we've got at the moment, I think that's around 22, which includes a couple of uh, younger players um, and players who may be uh, going elsewhere. For me, Nathan, I think the number, I think Graham Cochran will be looking for somewhere between 26 uh, and 29.
3: Yeah, I'd probably, I I personally would rather see it sort of towards the lower end of that. Um, You know, I don't don't think having a massive squad is is the best thing. Uh, So I'd hope to see probably around 26, 26, 27, for me. Uh, and and utilise the uh, the the youth players if you know if we need them.
1: I think it's a prime opportunity, isn't it, to do that as well this year? Because there's there's no doubt that when the season does return, Cam, that the fixtures will be thick and fast. Probably playing two games, maybe even in some cases three games a week. Um, it's going to be a big ask. On squads, we'll come to, you know, pre-season preparations, etc. later on. But uh, for now, let's just look at that. If, for example, we end up playing two, possibly three games a week, you're going to need a slightly bigger squad, but... Obviously, to, you know, to keep players fresh and keep keep it competitive. But there's no reason that that squad can't be built up with those younger players. You know, your likes of Tyrese Sinclair, um, you know, your James Clarks, your Jimmy Knowleses, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, to supplement that. I think it would be a good opportunity in a prime time, actually, to, you know, develop those players and, and give them first team action within, within that squad. Oh, well, definitely. But obviously, we're not we're not 100% done finishing the
4: transfer market at all. So there'll be a lot of change between now and and whenever we do get started. So, yes, it's going to be fantastic that that maybe these young players will get the chance. But then again, with the financial restraints that are going to be in in place for next season, not through like a a salary cap, maybe, we never know, but t- especially teams further down the pyramid, you look at somewhere like Alfreton, um, who or, or Matlock, who bring in loan players from local teams such as us uh, ourselves, Knox County, Chesterfield, Forest. They're just to develop, but also it cuts their costs as well. So it's so either way, I think these players are going to get a chance. So it, it's it's good, but. but it, a lot can change between now and the start of the season, so it, we can't. It, it's all right to speculate on: do we need more? Do we need less? We don't know until we know what what the playing fixtures are going to be like. If we are playing three games a week, we're going to need a bigger squad. If we're only going to be playing two games, one game, then you might not need a squad that's just as big.
1: Well, let's uh, have a look at that, obviously, you know, about getting fitness into people's legs and, and things like that. Obviously, Nath, a lot of uh, clubs are announcing behind closed doors pre-season friendlies and getting those fixtures in, albeit, you know, with uh, club officials acting as uh, the match officials, which is which is completely fine. Um, it could prove the difference, actually, couldn't it, about how clubs approach it in terms of who's up there at the end of the season – There'll be X amount of clubs, like you said, that will wait until there is a definitive start date to bring players back, and you know to obviously look at costings and things like that. But those clubs who stay on top of it, you know, like ourselves, we've made what five signings now. Uh, we're starting to build that squad. I only anticipate probably maybe uh, three or four more on on top of that in total, just to to get things as strong as they want. But I think those clubs who start back sooner or later training, even if it's three days a week, they could have the edge physically when it comes um, to, you know, to to actually getting started, couldn't they?
3: Well, I, I I think obviously every season you always have the, you know, for obvious reasons, the richer clubs have, have the advantage, you know, and the fact that they can sign better players and things like that. But I think now that the divide... Uh, you know the gap between the rich and the poor is probably even greater for that simple reason that you know there's there's no reason why clubs like like us and you know Bolton and a few of the others who have who have got some who have got money at the moment uh, to not well one obviously get some of the talent that's out there more available than usual uh, but but to the fact that yeah we we can afford to to come back early and we can afford to. You know, start doing training and have a sort of our own fitness camps and things like that. And uh, you know, if if we can deal with all those costs and not necessarily worry about, you know, an actual date of the season starting and not necessarily worry about bringing them back to the early early you might have paying for an extra month uh, and things like that. Uh, you know, obviously we, we're we're going to be at a, at an advantage over the. Over, the other, over, the, over some of the other teams, but doesn't necessarily guarantee your results. So, um, but you know, that, that's what will be very interesting to see what happens over the next uh, well, next few weeks and so the next couple of months is to see not necessarily just what we're doing, but when you look at the, the league as a whole and what the majority of the clubs are doing and see where we are. Are we, are we coming back very early? Uh, you know, are we going to be in the middle? Or, or is, yeah, I think you're going to get three different groups, some, some are going to be very late.
1: I mean, certainly in terms of transfers, Cam, we've sort of been in that early camp, so to speak. You know, there'll be a lot of clubbers, like we say, um, who will wait until there's a definitive date and things like that and look at, you know, the championship players, you know, being out of contract, et cetera, and, and the younger players being out of contract um, and looking at, at frees. But in terms of our transfer business, we've almost approached it like we would any other season, you know, as if we were, you know, starting in a couple of weeks time, haven't we? Oh
4: yeah, but if you get if you want the players, if you get if you want to get the players that you want, then you have to, tie it to us because the players that are very good aren't going to hang around for long. You look at someone like um, Owen Doyle. There was speculation for a week or so where he was going. Obviously, then he's then ended up at Bolton. Um, same with the whole manager situation. If you if you're a club looking for a manager, you're not going to wait for weeks and weeks and weeks. And just hope and pray that the the manager that you want's going to be there in a few weeks' time. It's just not how football works. Even in this situation, a club that wants someone will will bring them and bring them in. And it's just for example, like um, obviously someone like Jamie Reed was high in demand for what he did last season at Torquay. We got in there, we got him signed. We can't just. <sighs> We can't just leave it late like we we have done in the past. We need to get players in early. And even if that means we've got to pay them a little bit extra for sitting around doing nothing over the next month or so, it is better than missing out and then having to struggle because we've got to make do because we didn't act quick enough.
1: I am under no illusion that Graham Cochran will be allowing any of his players to sit around and and play football. You get what I mean,
4: not actually playing, they're just training
1: essentially not actually playing matches it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if somebody was to drive past the rh in uh, a week's time to see them there maybe two or three times a week or even playing a few training games would it you Nate? to be fair
3: no and uh no i'm going have probably had them in two or three times a day so uh <laughs> i think uh, yeah, yeah we'll be i don't see him uh I think he's quite a hard worker, isn't he? I think he wants quite a lot of commitment from his players, so uh, which is only a good thing. So um, yeah, I, I'd imagine we uh, we will see some sort of uh, action very soon.
1: Absolutely. Keep your comments
3: uh, coming in. If you've got any questions that
1: you want to ask, any comments that you want to make to topics that we're talking about or, or different topics, let us know in the comments. Drop them down below. And uh, I don't know why I did that. If I do that, I'm tapping on Nathan's head on the uh, screen, which you can <laughs> see at the moment. Uh, I've got the phone here to have a look at some of your comments. Um, uh, Martin asks, regards, I follow. I had an email from them uh, to say that from... Um, 2021 is postponed, and letters and emails will be um, sent out. Do you know if that's correct? Um, I've seen a couple of people post on various forums, etc., about um, iFollow and about potential refunds. Uh, I subscribe to iFollow, but I've not seen anything. Nathan, have you had anything in your inbox? No, not anything either. So it might just be one of those of you know you you blink and you miss it, or it'll come round. To be fair, I've literally had an email today from a holiday company who i had a holiday booked with two months ago uh, about my refund so you know people are slowly getting back to work and working on those things so i would probably say give it time and if you're not sure uh, go to uh, the ifollow uh, website where there'll be a support email address etc uh, etc et uh, jamie says Forest green have been very busy in the transfer window um and um uh, which they certainly have. Obviously, uh, we've poached one from them in Ferren Rawson. We'll talk about him a little bit later on. Bolton have also been quite busy. We've been relatively busy uh, as well. Uh, Clive asks, any news update on CJ's move to Blackpool? That's something which has cropped up today, hasn't it, Cam?
4: Well, we'll just wait and see because the interesting thing about that is because Blackpools have also signed Jerry Yates from Rotherham today. That's a done deal, so... It, 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 unless Blackpool are making a a challenge for the championship this season, um, I, I can't see that happening. Also, 300k, nah, not for CJ. Half a mil, yeah, maybe.
2: Because I mean, we
4: know we 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 know how we can play. he's worth that much? Yeah, he's had a bit of a blip last season, but uh, you'd probably say someone like Licky Maynard had a bit of a blip last season on the standards that we know he's capable of. What 14 goals this season, 20 odd last season so it's just all rumours and the and the page that it's come from is a load of tosh just saying
1: well you, you there's loads of these pages out there aren't they Nathan to be fair but um in terms of of that potential move um again he's cj like danny rose he's, he's always one of those whose name's pop up in relation to to transfer talk but for me, it was the it was the club. I didn't really see Blackpool as a massively, you know, fee paying club.
3: No, um, I I think it just literally is rumours. I think uh, I try not to get too involved. It's hard when you, you yeah. when you see things thrown about uh, for other pre season. Because obviously, that's what you haven't really got much else to uh, talk about, have you? Really? That's what yeah. it's all about. Basically, players coming and going. So um, I understand why people get swept away with it a little bit, but. I just it might be a bit boring, but until uh until I see an announcement from the uh, official club website i'm I'm not really bothered about who might be coming or who might be going um it's, it's, it's the, the bottom line is for all the players that we've kept, I don't think there's any of them that I'd want to want want to go so um as far as I'm concerned, I want to keep them all so obviously c j in particular is probably one of the most I'd want to keep but your better players are always going to get that speculation. So it's, it's, it's inevitable that right? Blackpool, for me, won't be the. Obviously, they're not the first and they won't be the last team that get linked with uh, CJ before the start of the season. Yeah, there's uh,
1: still a long way to go until that transfer window uh, will, of course, close. I believe it's. Uh, is it end of October, Can We were talking about it last time, weren't we? Is
4: it. Oh, yeah. somewhere like that,
1: yeah. Yeah, <laughs> obviously extended uh, this year. Ricky in the comments says 300k, I'd snap their hands off. Hmm. <laughs> We know he's worth more though that's that's
4: the issue uh, uh, person, I mean, well, yeah uh, i disagree he's, he's I mean... definitely worth more. He's don't, well, don't no. forget the se- the season that we made the playoffs there was rumors flying around that he was going to press them for a million quid
1: yeah but it was a, it would he turned up that season
3: yeah but one was... one bad season doesn't make him a bad player he... exactly Paul comes and goes and he when you know you've got a player that can do that, it's then up to the management staff now to get the best out of um, them. You know, and that's the confidence thing like. could have been down and all sorts. So you can't judge him Listen, on one poor. Well, I want to say it was poor. One below par season.
1: I don't think. To be fair, I don't actually think he's a, he's a bad player. I think he's one of those players who, like many players, suits certain styles and suits certain positions. For me, he's a better forward uh, than he is. Winger, I think sometimes he gets he can get lost. I prefer him playing through the middle when he's got that pace, and we can play direct uh, balls in behind the channel. I think that's when he's is is uh, most dangerous. Now, would actually- It's like you look at the playing styles and
4: you think under Dempster and, and Cochran last season it was very rough and ready. Yeah. Whereas CJ sits obviously sits further forward, but it it's, it prefers a more fluid play, the way that we saw Dave just get the best out of his players when he was here and just the, the, the fantastic football that we watched. It wasn't just hoofball all the time. It was actually calculated play. Very, very well structured play. And CJ fits in there quite
3: nicely. Does but he I fit under
4: rough? Does he fit in rough and ready? Mm, I don't know, but he's always an option
3: because of his pace. Uh, I guess the issue is next under cotton. We're probably going to be more rough and ready. I, I reckon I don't think we're going to be uh, necessarily tantalizing football, but I still think he he will be a uh, you know a good player for us, but most importantly, he's going to be a good asset. So get a bit of formal out of, out of him again, and you got to remember last season. It, it's very hard to just pick him out as a poor player because ninety nine percent of the rest of the team was absolutely woeful. So um, you know you can only be as as good as your as your team. Basically, you can't you 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 are not a one man squad are we and you can't expect one player to, to deliver all the goods so get him in a team that's playing better as a whole and i think we'll see more from cj
1: how frightfully true uh clive says one day he's worth a million the next he's worth a bag of sugar i mean i'll take the bag of sugar to be honest because i'm out so and i don't really <laughs> want to go to tesco anymore because you've got to wear a mask so uh, yeah, i'm not a fan i not, mean not it, till friday well, not till well friday. yeah i know but or it it's it's scaring,
3: whole... it sort of scary, you Well,
1: You see, it that, that could happen but it might not happen because the glasses wearing problem, isn't it? I just get steamed up, I can't see where I'm going, so I start smashing no, cells it, and everything. So it's in a
4: bandana. Is it great? Oh, you, trust you Blue to have a go,
1: trust you to have a bandana. Go on. In fact, show show it off.
4: Oh for god's sake. Why am I doing this? I, I sure. can't hear you now,
1: though. That's that's good. I mean, we can talk about him all we want now, Nate. He's, he's got. I mean, <laughs> it looks ridiculous. We, we do, yeah. I know. I know. He looks ridiculous. Oh, do you know what? He, he's got his headphones back on now. Do you know what? All that's missing from there, Fake Stone Island. That's literally all that's missing from that picture. Get that bandana off. Get yourself some scissors. Do yourself a favor and cut it up. That that that'd be the best thing you can do for it, honestly, Nate. I empathise. I I wish I was you in this situation. (laughs) I wish I was you. Doesn't steam your glasses up, just saying. No, but it makes you look like an absolute... (laughs) Moving swiftly on, we've made some... (laughs) We're deciding in the last uh, fortnight. Let's talk uh, Ferrand Rawson. Um, My nickname for him is going to be The Bath. (laughs) Um, He looks a a towering, commanding centre-half. Even for his age, Nathan Edge, he's played a lot of football and brings another
3: bit of experience uh, to that back line. I think that is. I think it's going to be a really good good signing for us. Uh, He's not necessarily a name that I I knew of that well before making sign. But obviously, when we when we decided, done a bit of uh, research into his background, and obviously discovered that he was basically like the the fifth top goal scorer at Field Mill last season, which is always a (laughs) extra bonus. Um, But no, he's. He's uh is I think it's exactly what we need back there, you know, to to replace the likes of, of Pierce. Uh a, a you know, a commanding solid defender who's uh not gonna take any uh kind of the bell, please. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, there you go. not gonna take any
1: crap. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm just looking through his stats now, of course. You know, you, you likened him with Pierce and I think in terms of style of play, Cam, I think there'll be two uh, very similar players. Obviously, Nottingham born as well is uh, Farrand Rawson, but in terms of age, you know, he's only a, a, a young lad, he's only 24 years of age, and, you know, compared to Pierce, who was, you know, a little bit older than that, he brings that youthfulness and that bit more energy and that that fresh feel into, into that bike line, and, you know, I think... To have played the amount of games he's played for his age at a consistent rate to get the rating uh, he has, I think it's uh, another good bit of uh, good bit of business by the Gaffer and uh, David Sharp. Has Cam gone? Cam's disappeared. Oh, definitely. Oh, there he is. Uh, <laughs> I, ha- I think I. Um, I can hear you
4: and see you. Did today? It's poor, poor, but I. Can still hear you. Yeah, you, you've, you've, yeah very, you've you've gone very you've you've gone very Sky, Sky Internet, don't ever get it. Worst thing ever. Well, it's the funny same. you should say that. Oh, I mean, oh, I'm, oh,
1: Sky. I'm, I'm not an advocate for Sky, mate, but I'm using Sky Internet. I think it's I think it's just you. I think your internet your internet has seen your bandana. Probably
4: it's just me, to be fair. Yeah, your
1: internet has seen your bandana and gone there. Nah, I can't allow him to broadcast the world. <laughs> Uh, We'll talk about him a bit more, Nate. whilst uh, Cam seems to have disappeared out of shot. I don't know if he's killed himself, actually. Maybe he should go and
3: do the whole uh, turn-off by the plugger back on again.
1: Yeah, maybe he should. I I don't know. He'll he'll be absolutely fine. But um, Looking at Rawson, obviously, looking through um, his... uh, uh, his stats started out at Derby County, um, came through the academy uh, with, with Kellen Gordon as well, um, so another face that he'll know in the squad. Uh, Lone moves uh, to Rotherham, a couple of spells there, spell at Coventry on loan in Accrington, but it was really at Forest Green that he made his mark, 86 appearances, uh, four goals, a couple of them uh, against the Stags, but it's the type of defender we need, isn't it? Good physical in the air, one thing that Graham Cochran at the very start said, Nathan, was that he wanted to add height into his team, and uh, you know, at Six foot four. He's certainly done it.
3: Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, it takes a lot of boxes, you know. We we had uh, David Sharp when he when he came in and said he also wanted to look at bringing this sort of average age of the, of the squad down as well because we, you know, want to be a club that can that that have assets that they can, you know, t- profit on as well in the future. So he's he's ticking a lot of boxes. Normally, when you get young players, there's always that question mark. Is can they? Uh, you know, can they live up to it when it comes to competitive football, when it comes to coming to the men's game? You know, we, uh, you know, there a few question marks about Sweeney when he first came, you know, young player, is he going to be able to uh, to deal with, uh, you know, the, the the men's game at, at League Two? He, he has, uh, but not every young player does. And But for, for a player like Rawson to have uh, been to so many different clubs and, and, like I say, for the last two or three seasons, sustained a First team position at Forest, at Forest Green, uh, who have been up uh, up there every season as well. Let's not forget. Um, you know, I, it's a very good uh, acquisition, and what's also again positive to see is that uh, I've not seen one negative comment from Forest Green. They they all wished he was still with them. So again, it uh, shows that we have managed to get ourselves a decent player.
1: Let's have a see if we can go back to Cameron Felton. It looks like he's a. Uh... Stuck a bit more blue tech on his internet. What do you make of the uh, the Farren Rawson deal, Cam? I won't mess with him. Looks like he'd eat you alive. Massive. <laughs> Hence the nickname, the Bass. Well,
4: uh, a big, towering central defender. Uh, I think. I think he's going to fit in perfectly, to be honest. Because I think, uh, as much as we did love Pierce, it, 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 the way that Coughlin played, it just seemed that it just didn't fit into it. And I don't, I don't want to say that Pierce uh, has had enough at Mansfield, but it was just then didn't start to fit into the play. And what's the point in keeping hold of the player that you're then not going to utilize. Great. comment. So,
1: go on, carry on. Sorry.
4: So, so bringing someone else in that that, that can easily fill that role and then actually also uh, hopefully build a, po- a positive relationship with um, the other defenders and as well as the goalkeeper And actually, having the trust of the goalkeeper is massively important, and we proved last season how much trust in the goalkeeper is how
1: important that is. I'd like to see us potentially add another centre half who can potentially play left back. I think you know, as as much as um, you know, we love Samal Nath. it's high time you had a bit of competition, isn't it? Because as uh, Martin says in the comments, which I'll come to in a, in a in a little moment, you know, there'll be no room for slackers this year.
3: No, I, um, and I think... That's,
1: that's not that to say that Mal's a slacker back. either, by the way. That's just to say, you know, in general, um, <laughs> you know, that complacency can set in when there's nobody, you know, going toe-to-toe for your position.
3: Yeah, no, I, I think uh, I'd agree. And uh, I mean, you know, you probably argue that, cj could end up playing there a lot of it obviously depends on what what formation we go with next season there's there's no guarantee we are going to stick with the you know three five two or whatever it it, whether it goes with flat back four obviously that's still to be seen you know we don't necessarily know uh plans so there's question marks with that but i'd say you still need that cover there anyway a bit like a I was I was disappointed to see Tafty has gone to um, gone to Bolton. So, yeah, Saying a big disappointment, that's a players. bit of an
1: understatement. You you were having a pretty much a, a five year old <laughs> tantrum on Twitter. <laughs> I
3: don't I, I don't know I I I, I wasn't it wasn't a say I I didn't even know he was out of contract to be honest I didn't know he, he was moving so um, yeah I can't say it was one that I was keeping my eye on that much it was just one when I did know he was available I thought oh, he would have fit in quite nicely to what uh we were you know trying to build here so and he would have been one of the players that can go uh, sort of left back I believe it didn't play a few times yeah. there when he was with us um, yeah. but yeah I agree I think we do need a player that can cover that area as well as uh, center back or or one of each basically well, we thought- and
4: then rumors rumors are flying around from the same account uh, that CJ is, uh, that uh, Samal Benning's on the move apparently. It's a load of Tosh but you never where's know. It, where's where's where's
1: Samal going? Where's where's he off to? Walsall. Of course he is, he's going back to his old club, yeah of course he is. Yep, bro. We maybe need I to mean, check, that's check That's the first here. place a rumour goes, isn't it? Yeah your old club, we're gonna bring back this player. I mean
4: <laughs> Although if if Stags wanted to sign Reece Bennett, feel
1: free. Um, yeah, that's also open to another debate. And if, before we, uh, you know, before we get sidetracked by that, I'm going to bring you two on mute for a second because I think it's high time now uh, to hear. Not from us, but from our new acquisition, who signed uh, last week, Farron Rawson, who uh, of course uh, joined the stags from Forest Green Rovers, had a great spell uh, with them, always seemed to be challenging um, towards the right end of the league table, commanding center half, and he has been speaking uh, to i follow stacks
2: i 'm really excited can 't wait for the uh, the journey ahead with uh, mansfield it's been obviously a uh, uh, difficult time at the moment with the pandemic. There's been a been a lot going off, but finally to get the the deal sorted, I'm happy and yeah, I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm living in Bristol at the moment with my family, so it's been tough me getting back and forth. But no, it's all been positive, really positive. And like I said, I'm just really excited to to join Mansfield and uh, hopefully show you show the show the team, show the show the fans what what I can do. I'm very demanding. I'm strong. I'm, one v ones, and uh, I'm about just keeping the ball out of one net, and then if I can, if I can add a couple in the other, then it's a bonus. I spoke to the manager. I think that's the most important thing, and uh, he told me the aspirations for the club, the the goals he has for the club, and where he wants to take them, and that kind of met my goals. He also spoke a lot about where where he thinks I can go with Mansfield and stuff, and it really excited me. So. It's a new challenge for me and, and, and I wanted to get some excitement and get that fire back in the belly. And after speaking to the manager, he, he gave me that and, and like I said, it's, it's a big club. I've, I've played against them a lot and I've always liked the style of play and it's always been a tough, a tough, tough task to play against them. So no, it was a, it's, it's, it's a pleasure to be here, definitely. I've played quite a few games from my age, but I feel like I've come away from there and I feel like I've, I've grown. Personality-wise, I've learned a lot how to handle myself, how to deal with myself, how to deal with certain situations. And I feel like I said, I've just grown as grown into a man and I'm ready now to, to take that next, that next step. However, I've recently just had a, had a little girl. I Me and the missus are over the moon. It's been like a difficult time, obviously, with what's going off, but it's been really nice to spend, spend a lot of time with her and the missus and watch her grow up these, next, these last four months. So definitely I've got to get my, my girls down with me, which is already in place and the club's been really helpful with that. So, um, yeah, I'll be, I'll be moving closer down. It's, obviously, I'm a Nottingham lad, so it's not far away from home. But um, yeah, like I said, Mansfield's just perfect for me and they've got great aspirations, they've got great goals and it just meets mine. So hopefully we can all join together and we can have a big push this season.
1: That's the excited uh, Farrand Rawson speaking to I Follow Stags. Go to uh, mansfieldtown.net forward slash I Follow to watch that interview in full over uh, nine minutes worth of content with uh, the Stags new signing. Uh, Nathan, you were listening to that uh, with uh, with keen intent. Uh, what did you make about what uh, Farrand
3: had to say uh, other than being overly excited? <laughs> um, I mean, I read in between the lines or listen between the, the hidden message behind the words is basically uh he'd had enough of the vegan food and for actually <laughs> about the belly. he wants to meat in his belly that's what it is so uh totally understand the move but uh no he did he seems um I, I, he does seem quite excited about it i think i think it does help the fact that he is coming closer to home uh which is a good thing obviously uh, especially when he's uh just had a child, and uh, you know they're they're coming with him, which is which is important. So, um, you know, hopefully, he's obviously we're giving a two-year contract. Hopefully, is that you know it's a long-term plan for him to, to, to be here be, and hopefully he settles in and, and and see where where either we go as a club or where he can go as as a player. But it's only a positive thing that obviously he wants to to. To test himself basically and see how far he can get in his career. I think
1: one thing which is also important, Cam, as well, and I think this this goes for every signing that Graham Coughlin has made uh, thus far. It's not just you know the the two year deal and the fact that that gives them a little bit time to grow, but they all seem excited about moving to the area and and starting afresh and sort of you know having that little bit more independence. It, that vibrancy that togetherness which sort of seeps through is uh, is another positive thing for me yeah and the the thing with stags is the
4: fact that as a club we're quite an attractive club we've got sensible owners that have got a, a good grip on the club they're not going to let the bills or the debts or whatever snowball it's just sorted. We've got a good sense of stability fi- financial and uh, divisional as well. We've got a club that, that is growing and it is the ambitions are there but also geographically we're a fantastically placed club to attract players. You look at someone like Graham Coughlin obviously one massive pull factor for him to leave Bristol Rovers to come to Mansfield was that he didn't want to keep living away from his family. So being being able to work in Mansfield meant that he could go home to his family. So we're, we're not only filling our boxes as to who we bring in, but us being, the club being as the way it is and where it is, is what players are wanting. Close to home, well-run,
1: attractive football and a sense of ambition in the season. And one thing which also strikes me as well, Nath, is the fact that all of these players which are being brought in um, speak with that thing about wanting to progress uh, as a person and to grow up and to have a little bit more uh, responsibility. And if you look about at the average age, which is starting to, to creep in now as well, it's a squad which is very much balanced in terms of not being a one-season wonder. It's, it seems to have that uh, burning embers of potential, which is which is quite an interesting thing. It's something which I've not felt for a long time, actually, as a Stags fan
3: yeah i think well i think every player that gets signed when they do their interview they all they you know they're all gonna say that they're they're hungry and want you know want success blah blah, blah. But, but from the players we've got you you yeah you know, i do believe it because the, the fact that you know you look at jamie reed's come from uh from non-league he's, he's finally got a chance uh in in the football league to, to do what he what he what he does so you, know, you believe it from him and like say so it's as Cam just said, it's not just about what players we need and ticking the boxes. We seem to be doing it, we seem to be getting the right people, not necessarily just the players, but, you know, the, the people behind that, the, the characters and, and why they want to be here. Um, you know, obviously, it, you know, the other club are going to say uh, a lot of it's down to finances because we can offer good wages and things like that, but that that's probably true. That probably means that we can go and get the targets that we want, but it's still up to us as a club to get the right targets. You could you can quite easily offer a lot of money to the wrong people so you know as we've seen in that seen in the past so hopefully this time we're getting it we're getting it right getting the right sort of balance in the squad of, of both age and personality um and the like I say ticking those boxes for both club and 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 player which hopefully will will make a, a more positive uh, atmosphere in the dressing room.
1: And it comes full circle, doesn't it, Cam, as well, to what we were talking about at the top of the show in terms of, you know, balancing the finances. Because, yes, we probably will be paying good money for, for these players who, you know, have, have deserved the chance and things like that. But we have to get that, that balance right because, you know, it will be very different next season, the financial outlook in terms of things coming back into the club. You know, you look at... What the Radfords? Who I believe it's their wedding anniversary as well today. So congratulations uh, to them. You look at the work um, which they've done behind the scenes at the at the One Course Stadium over the last God knows how many years in getting you know the bars and things like that up to scratch to bring in uh, a commercial revenue. That's not there at the moment, and it will take some rebuilding to to get that right. So. Balancing the books again is, is is a very big task as well as, you know, getting the right footballers in terms of an on-the-field fit. It has to be right off the pitch as well.
4: Yeah, and you can put that down to a lot of the, the staff that you don't see very often. You can put, the like, the commercial side of things, uh, the events that are going on at the club, which help generate generate revenue as well. So that's... Uh, obviously, fantastic work from from Laura uh, and her team, and then actually being able to book these fantastic events, Paul, and bringing in sponsors, and then even down to club shop staff and Anne and and um,
1: uh, all of them, I forgot names. all of That's all of them, all of them.
4: But yeah, it, but then you've also got aspects of like being a growing us as a family club as well, and it's just the the whole team effort that we've got going off is just fantastic. And the club is growing and growing and growing. We need to deliver on the pitch, but without, without these steps that we've taken, we're we're not going to get to where we want to be. So, but it's a massive thing that we're losing out on the revenue from the commercial stuff, but that will return. When, when will it happen? I don't know. But when you look at somewhere like uh, the club shop, for example, like merchandise, bringing in, Fantastic shirts and actually going into club shop, different types of clothing you got at club shop ten fifteen years ago, and it was absolutely rubbish you couldn't get anything
1: I remember that, it's, old, it's, that old that uh, old porter cabin that was
4: oh, that, oh, oh, I can remember going in there as an eight year old lad oh, it was awful was that last
1: week um, <laughs> <funny>.
4: <laughs> but it's just extra bits of revenue and it's it's we've gone from just literally gate revenue being the only revenue, to a to a very well-balanced organisation and we're not just relying on constant gate revenue. Yes, it's important, but we have got other, other ways that we can generate these funds to be able to ha- have a
1: competitive team on the pitch. And the two things do go hand-in-hand, uh, hand, Nath, as well, don't they? And I think that's what's going to be really important and really pivotal, bringing that debate back to the, the start of the show in terms of you know being allowed crowds back in into into stadia because you know with without crowds in there you know businesses are going to be more hesitant in terms of buying you know your pitch side hoardings your your things within the program the match day program might not even exist because of the the costs of doing it compared to how many fans are going to be there to, to buy it and things like that? It has, and this whole situation has a huge, huge knock on effect. And I think for me, having thought about it over the last 50 minutes or so since we started talking about it, that's why I think football, competitive football in terms of league action at, at least, shouldn't come back in, until fans are allowed in because, you know, we need those local businesses to. Uh, support in terms of commercial revenue which also then in turn supports them as a town and as a as a as an area for supporting local businesses you know as a local businessman yourself uh you know you appreciate how difficult that can be you know wanting to put money aside you know to have a sponsorship package that sort of thing you won't want to buy one if if
3: nobody's there to see it will you well, no. That's the, the point of, of obviously doing those sort of things. So, um, and let's 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 be honest. The, the main thing about football clubs is obviously the, the the fans. That's what a football club is. So, without the fans, it's what what is it? So, I just can't. There's so many things that you consider that the you know the difference it makes having fans there. Obviously, I, you know earlier we were just focusing on gate receipts, but. Like you say they're the same with the sponsors. You look at uh the stuff you get, you know, food stores, all that sort of things. that has all that is inexistent without uh without fans being present at, the, uh, at football. So, um, and again, we we say we're fortunate because we're you know got wealthy owners, but some clubs absolutely 100% rely on that sort of uh income. So, and it won't be one rule for one and, and and one for another. It'll be the same. It's got to be the same throughout the whole 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 week. So, um, yeah, I, I I still stand by. that. I still think it can't return until until fans are allowed in. But the fact, Cam Felton, that the government have put a
1: uh, a potential date on fans being allowed back into sport must give. Uh, a glimmer of hope not just for us as supporters being able to to go and watch but also for those you know who we mentioned before who are working behind the scenes because cogs can start to slowly turn once again in terms of getting those sponsorships getting those uh, advertising revenues reopening you know the facilities at the one core stadium and things like that and I think that's been perhaps the most positive news to come out of the last couple of weeks the fact that the fa guidelines have changed to allow um you know bigger group training which means the players can keep fit and be ready to prepare to to kick on once it does start and the fact that you know they are thinking about allowing people back into to stadia
4: yeah and i am slightly disappointed that they've not opened sandy's yet because the food in there is absolutely brilliant uh, so if you do get chance when it does open please do make use of it um because you think, t- what twenty years ago we had the crossbar. Ooh, who wants to go in there? I think Craig has a a terrible memory of there of it. What was it? Your eighteenth birthday? Can't remember, mate. To be honest,
1: smell about remember. toilet floors and
4: tequila. This is <laughs> this is definitely juice. But,
3: <laughs>
4: but now we've got we've got a, a fun. Even though it's the same ground, we've got fantastic facilities in the ground. So please, if when we are able to make use of them, because. Uh, obviously, it then goes to pay for the uh, staffing costs. It also pays for uh, some of that money is then obviously put back into the club, which then allows us to bring better players in. So, uh, also, it's just, a, it, it, it's just one massive, like, gear system. If one breaks, then the rest of them don't work properly. And it's the same with money. If you don't, if one, if you, as a football club, if one form of revenue drops, then the rest will drop because you can't, you can't balance it. So it, it, let's just make use of it while we've got it. But uh, with the guidance that governments have given, hopefully that will be open soon. And hopefully we can start enjoying actually being at the one call, even if it's not watching football. We're actually we're still at the place that we want to be at and slowly getting to actually where we want to be. And that's a, a return of, of competitive football.
1: Fingers crossed. I think that's probably about the appropriate uh, place to to end it uh, tonight in terms of uh, full-on conversations. I'll just go to a couple more of the comments which uh, which come in. Uh, Martin said, a "Great debate tonight, lads." Uh, Graham Cochran has come in and sorted of the slackers and the dressing room out. I think CJ could flourish uh, with our new signings. Uh, and Victor adds, a "Good manager, making some good signings, um, and then asking about potential restart dates and things like that." So uh, to headline the news, this. Uh, from the last fortnight um, from uh, the world of football and the world of Mansfield Town. Still no news on Nicky Maynard, which somebody asked in the comments at the the very top of the show. Um, That's a debate for another time, I think. Um, Potential restart date um, across the board of... um, late September, early October, could be, you know, in terms of training restarting, we don't know, we haven't got a date, if that happens I'm sure that'll be done uh, behind closed doors and won't be made fully uh, public um, to obviously just, you know, stop people from from going down. I think there's a lot of of people who are missing football so much you could see an increase of uh, numbers in in going to watch training if it's announced, I think... Um,
3: With, with the boredom man facing at the minute, Nate, I think I'd be tempted, wouldn't you? <laughs> well, there's a, a nice field next to the uh, next to the training ground, actually, where we normally take the dogs for a walk. So, uh, I mean, I can't see anything anyway, but I mean, be, it would be very tempting still to go around just to hear some, uh, <laughs> some football being kicked about, I suppose. Something's better than nothing, I guess. Absolutely. Would you be tempted,
4: Cam? Yeah, because that field next to it, it's right overlooks
1: the 3G pitch. So if they had to trade in game, it'd be well away. And that is why they won't announce it publicly <laughs> that pre-season return, Mainly just not to look at Cam in that stupid bandana.
3: <laughs> we've missed some, uh, some other good news, haven't we? We haven't spoke about the uh, academy being upgraded. Ah, of so course. Category level three.
1: How dare I miss that I mean, so much right. happens in two weeks. You do forget. I think that's a a, a good, um, a, a good one, a good point to look at. And before we, you know, we delve into that more. Obviously, you know, we credit the people that are there now. But I think we have to give a huge pat on the back to to someone who's obviously no longer at the club, but played a a huge part in getting that up and running. Um, in the very early days, Nathan. That's John Dempster.
3: Yeah, I'm still a little bit good. That is. He hasn't got a, a role. He hasn't he hasn't come back to a role uh, to do that. Obviously, we don't know whether that would be a club decision or just his decision. But he's loving yeah. it. He's back. He's at Coventry. They're championship now. Well, yeah, you know, I guess I see going on to better, well, bigger and better things. I suppose it's worked out for him anyway. But you know, for, when you look at the project that he's had, he's built here, it would have been nice for him to be a part of that. You know, being you know with it being upgraded to the to the category three s- standard, and you know, a lot of work goes into that, and actually, a lot of work comes from it now because obviously we now got to build a, a hell of a lot more teams when we, we can go. For, is it under six now? We go from up to uh, under 16s whereas before it's just been under sixteen. Well, sixteens and over. Well, so there's a I'll... lot of lot more there to be added into it, which is. Only positive, but it's a big project
1: as well. I'll try and uh, read my way through the, the full statement. Um, obviously, you can see it on uh, Mansfieldtown.net. Um It reads, It's with great pride to announce that our academy has been awarded Category 3 status by the EFL. The news follows an extensive audit of the academy, which was assessed on different key areas, including produ- uh, productivity rates, training facilities, coaching, education and welfare provisions. Eight additional teams will now join the academy from teams aged under 9 to under 16 in accordance with the Elite Player Performance Plan, that's the EP, PP, a curriculum designed to help clubs produce more homegrown players. I'm absolutely delighted that we've been granted an opportunity to operate as a Category 3 academy next season, said academy manager Richard Cooper. This is the result of months of hard work by all of my staff, and I thank them for their efforts and can't wait for the new season ahead. For the town of Mansfield, it gives our local junior players an opportunity to play for our club. Our new training facility, the RH Academy, will play a huge part in developing our academy players, The on-site facilities cover all the criteria set by the EFL. All players will follow a bespoke football curriculum, which will include uh, training and a professional um, games programme on a Sunday. We look forward to seeing our training headquarters at the RH Academy fully operational by early September. Obviously, that's um, also when schools go back as well, so that falls in line with that. Uh, the pl- he continued, the planning and preparation will now continue as we look forward for our very first professional fixture as a Category 3 Academy. On the auditing process, Richard added, I think it's the sense of achievement is even greater due to the current circumstances we, cur- we are currently in. We certainly had to be more adaptable to the current technology to aid our proposal. Um, And Chairman John Radford added uh, this is a momentous achievement for our academy, which is still in a relatively embonic stage. Um, The academy and its staff have been rewarded in public for the work they've implemented behind the scenes in the past few years. The awarding of Category 3 status will aid the academy in moving to the next level. It will be bigger, better and stronger than ever before. You can read the full statement uh, on uh, mansfieldtown.net. It's, like you say, it's a a really good piece of news, isn't it, Cam? Um, I, I think you know, credit needs to go to to those who have put in the work from from early doors, but I think when I remember when the RH Academy was being first developed, I think it was back on series one of the podcasts when we were talking about all the possibilities, and this really wasn't one in particular that we looked at, because at the time, you know, we had a manager who wanted to use it as a first team training complex, uh, and nothing more, but now, it's been adapted in in such a way that it can do both.
4: Well, yeah, and that's the thing, when we when it was first like uh, first opened, the, the grass pitches were nowhere near ready, so it was literally was uh, just a training base, uh, not even a, a fully functioning one. Well, the team was still the first team were training on up on the uh, on the one call, or on the other pitch at, at the one call. So, but being able to have every single banner of the club under one roof. Uh, that's not the main stadium is fantastic because there's no, we've seen in the past what a fantastic youth setup we've had and and the brilliant players that we we can bring through and you just look at some of the local schools. So um, uh, Ashfield School is a fantastic example. Their footballing teams are unbelievable. The the talent that some of them players the players that they've got and the coaching staff that they use at that school are brilliant. Win competition all sorts, but in the past. We've been losing those to your you counties, your, your Nottingham Forest, your Derbys, because we've not had that academy there. But now we've really got some potential, not only in the current players that we've got coming through the academy, but now we are an attractive football club for younger players that are wanting to, to progress their footballing career further. And especially signing, we've sat, I think we've made six or seven new scholar signings recently I can't remember names but the all... relation
3: to Jermaine Pennant I believe.
4: Yes. Um cousin I think. Yeah, something like that. But it's just we are now starting to attract players. We are not just a first team. We are a fully functioning, proper, well run football club now with a good football department, a good commercial department, a good youth setup. And it is fantastic to see where the club have come from. Uh, 10 15 years ago to where we are now, we're in a much better place,
1: and an absolutely phenomenal community team, even if I do say so myself. <laughs> uh, that's a perfect uh, place to end. I'm sure we'll talk more about this uh, as the weeks uh, go on. Uh, a couple more comments which come in, uh, uh, as we were talking about, obviously, a lot of praise for uh, the academy staff and things like that, and going back to the first team as well. Uh, Couple of questions. Obviously, uh, sorry I missed the start. Um, not sure if you mentioned this. When are the players back for pre-season training? Uh, simple answer is we don't know. Um, they could go back any day. Um, now that the FA have changed those guidelines. When they do go back, I don't expect it to be like previous seasons where there's been videos and photos of those training sessions. I imagine, purely for the fact that you know we probably would go down and, and spend a bit more time watching because we're working from home and having that time um, and, and those restrictions around that, they will probably keep that in private. Um, another uh, question as well, um, saying... Um, uh, also keep hearing that uh, McLaughlin uh, close to signing for the Stags. Um, Crewe and still Plymouth interested in Maynard. Also seen today that Grimsby and Barrow interested in Cook. Rumours will fly um, and Twitter accounts will be Twitter accounts, whether they're true or or they're just plain fake. Uh, Keep your eyes out for them. Uh, We'll talk about it more, I'm sure, in coming weeks. Uh, We'll be back in two weeks' time, unless, of course, Nathan Edge, something happens um, to to change the course of that, i.e. pre-season friendlies or, or, you know, going back to training officially, that sort of thing. It's a crazy world we live in. But as we started this, you know, six weeks ago when we did the first one of these because we're doing it every two weeks we sort of did it just because we wanted to start podcasting again and start talking to each other but as the fortnights go on more and more seems to be happening so who knows where we might be in two weeks time who knows i can't see two weeks being a bit soon but you never know in football Absolutely. Um, for now, though, uh, what are you two going to be up to over the next uh, two weeks? For me, it's more working from home and keeping the kids and everything entertained. Mansfield Town, FITC.net is the place uh, to
3: be for that. What about you, Nath? That sounded like you had your own kids, then, as in keeping your own kids entertained. <laughs> Whoa! Like, I've, be, I've missed some over lockdown. Uh, time flies. No, um, thank you. Work, work for me as well. <laughs>
4: yeah i'll say i'll be i'll be working as well i've unlike you pair i've not been working from home at all so i've still had to get up cycle to work cycle back home uh being able to get out and about which is absolutely brilliant at the minute because well for the last two uh, for the last five months the traffic has been bliss it's been barely any now it's starting to get back to normal but
3: i mean when you're on a bike it's not really traffic anyway is it well (laughs)
4: <laughs> yeah but
3: it's, it's nice to get out and
4: about finally a little bit more sense of normality to be honest because although i've been working through this entire thing but actually like being able to go to a, a, just like a generic shop not just a supermarket so or a non-essential shop it's just been nice to have some sort of sense of normality and then obviously getting the news of signings and and uh return dates for football it's just like Right, so we are are actually making some progress. And then obviously, uh, start date, we don't know, but it's getting closer. So
1: it's looking positive. You've just got to keep the faith, haven't you? I say long may that continue as well. You know, be patient, of course be patient, uh, because it's one of those things which may take longer than, than usual it's at this time of year now where we'll be starting to talk more about pre-season friendlies and gearing up for that opening day of this season it's still in the distance but it is on the horizon that is it from us here at the Mansfield Masters podcast I'm going to wave bye bye to Cam Felton and Nathan Edge now wave bye gents And we will see them in around two weeks' time. Unless, of course, like I said before, anything happens in the interim. Make sure you're following our social media pages. We're on Twitter at Matters, facebook.com forward slash mcfcmatters as well. And our website, www.mcfcmatters.co.uk. This is the show for the fans, by the fans, because Mansfield matters. And as the FA and the government ease guidelines and change them all the time, there is a little thing called hope, which has been with us since the start. Football is returning slowly but surely. We'll see you in two weeks' time for another episode of Mansfield Matters, The Warm-Up. From me, Craig Priest, from Nathan Edge and Cam Felton, good night, stay safe, and if you go into a shop, don't forget your mask. See you next
0: time. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's.